is going on, ladies and gentlemen? My name is Zach Rabin. Welcome back to the Valkyrie Podcast. We know it's been a while, but we are back, and I am here with one of the newest additions to the Legion, our new esports director, Alex Lux. How are you doing today, buddy? Doing good, my guy. How are you? After last night's Bucks game, doing as good as we could be, right? Right, right, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we're not uh we're not feeling too great, but we're keeping our heads up. We can still uh we can still take care of business for sure. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And you know, turning it over that much. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, help. It doesn't yeah. help, but it also it's, since we only lost by a couple points, it's also like, dude, we fucking got this. Like, let's be honest. Well, exactly, and I mean, you have to take into account that we had two major injuries during the game. Yeah. You know, you lose Bobby Portis and Chris Middleton. It's you know, it's that, hard to come out of a of a hole without that, those two guys. That hurts the offense and the defense quite a bit. It does, so, exactly. For those listening today, at least I have the Warriors Nuggets game on on the other side. But likewise. <laughs> so if all of a sudden we're <laughs> if all of a sudden we're seeing something awesome happen on our other screens. There may be some <laughs> additional commentary. There may be some additional commentary to this right. game right now. Yep. Uh, you know, I guess really we'll kind of just get started with, uh, really just getting to know you a little bit more, dude. You know, uh, I guess really you want to walk through some of your background in esports, your start and stuff. Yeah, I mean, how far back do you want me to go? I can go all the way back to the very beginning if you guys want to hear the whole raw story. Um, so started gaming in my parents' basement, obviously, probably when I was in like seventh, eighth grade. Um, just joined a clan one day, which turned into me starting my own clan, which then turned the into name? me... What's that? Do you remember the original clan name that you were in? Yeah, the original clan name was XRG. It was Zild Reborn Gaming. Um, this dude that I knew in high school who I used to eat lunch with, he was like, hey man, you should join my clan. And I was like, all right. And it was cool. Just a bunch of guys. We hung out, played games together um, and whatnot. And then it kind of fell apart. And then I created my own, which is called AGC. We did that for a while. Um, that was Assassin's Gaming Community or something like that. Um, then I joined XGN, which is actually a really big online... Um, I don't know what you want to call it. I guess like community of gamers, maybe. Yeah. Um, they had a number of really good teams that used to compete um, in Call of Duty specifically. Um, but I joined them for a while and then competed, traveled to some local events for a while. And then I really just started to um, get more interested in the admin side of organizations and um, how they operate, how they do their day-to-day -day operations. Um, so I just decided to look into different admin positions and I joined Justice Pro as a writer and like esports director, and then started going to different tournaments. Um, and then after that is when I got into managing Call of Duty teams. And the rest is pretty much history, just managing Call of Duty teams, and then took a break for a couple of years, and here I am now. Here and here you are, you know. Yep. Uh, you know, looking through your resume when I first reached out, I was like, oh shit. This dude's legit as fuck. Like, you know, you've. I used some... to go pretty hard for 
you, uh, you went hard a very in the significant <laughs> period of time. Yeah, from traveling to events every couple of months. Um, when I managed Call of Duty teams during uh, Infinite Warfare, uh, I did manage one team at Call of Duty Champs, which was pretty awesome. We were in the Amway Center where the Orlando Magic play, so yeah. our warm-up stations were inside their locker room. So it was a pretty cool experience, but... Yeah, man, esports has always been a fun place. You get to meet really cool people and get to do some great things. So I'm definitely excited to be on board and get to work. Yes, sir. You know, like a lot of people here at Valkyrie, at least, you know, we, a lot of us have started in the Call of Duty scene, right? I right. competed, went to some locals. I played in Gears as well. So, like, that's where I saw most of my, like, quote unquote success with some players at, like, locals and, you know, some of the Microsoft Store events and stuff. Sure. But, you know, like, Call of Duty is always, was always my, my, my love and joy, you know? Same Uh, here. I, (laughs) I don't know how I play this game every night still. (laughs) Well, especially Vanguard, like, dude, I don't install that shit real quick. (laughs) It's rough out here, and after this next one that they're releasing, they're not going to be releasing one for two years, so... Bro, I'm so happy for that, you know. Well, all I gotta say is the game that comes out this fall, it better be pretty fucking good, because <laughs> if we gotta play this game for two years, it's gotta be at least halfway decent and have people that are gonna be working and putting significant hours in the background on the developer side to fix things, so. Well, yeah, that's, we'll what, see. that's what you get when you have multi-year cycle releases, because, I don't know, like, I remember going back and playing Ghosts when it first dropped, and honestly, I was not a fan, right? When Ghost first dropped, it felt kind of clunky. It didn't feel super great. You get towards the end of the cycle, and even after, it was a fairly solid game, in my opinion. Right. Uh, and that's the same thing you see with a lot of titles, is, you know, you're you're playing some of these games, and, you know, especially Call of Duty, right? You're, you're playing a lot of these games, and all of a sudden, boom, like, you're like, dude, this game is so shit. Next title drops, they drop a couple updates in there uh, after the game after the new game's already dropped, and you're like, dude, this game feels so good for some reason. Right. So it's like, now you're looking at it, it's like, A, the games that they're going to be releasing on that multi-year cycle are going to be a lot cleaner. Like Exactly. And then there's going to be more time to fix some of those things. And you could probably see it come in terms of a, you know, I know the scene isn't doing super great right now, but well, Siege, I mean, like, I think the scene is in is in an okay place. I think the scene is just really fed up with a lot of the things that Activision did that was unacceptable. I mean, obviously, from one, all the stuff that they were doing behind the scenes with the whole assault allegations and stuff that was pretty serious. So, trying to represent that brand and you know play that game and you know for content creators and for you know professional athletes that compete in Call of Duty, I mean. It's a bad look for them. And on top of that, the developers weren't fixing problems with the games. So now that Microsoft bought them out, I really hope things are going to change because Microsoft has a name to live up to and a reputation to live up to. So we'll see if they do things better, and I sure hope they do. Exactly. And it's like, you know, I I look at the table and it's like, okay, you know, we have Siege as a... Like, like I was kind of going into saying, it was like, you know, both scenes are not in a great place right now. But you can see how a company like Xbox could take Activision Blizzard and reform how and retool kind of how they like going about things 
mm-hmm. and take up the siege model. Make it season based, right? You have it kind right. of right now to where with the battle pass and stuff like that, it's season one, season two, season three. But prolong those seasons a little bit and make those major changes that need to be done during at the beginning of each of those seasons. Mm-hmm. And then you'll see during the Call of Duty League, at least, in my opinion, this is how it should be. But you'll see the Call of Duty League break into more of a split phase system instead of a full year. Because, like, that's why everybody loves League Esports so much is you have three main seasons a year, right? You have the sp- you have the winter split, you have the sp- uh, summer split, and you have some stuff kind of that falls in there as well, you know? Um, really, it's just spring and summer. But there's still splits, right? There's multiple seasons per year. And they, they, the way that they format their eSport is so clean and clean-cut with everything. Like, I remember, what, earlier this year, right before the season dropped, right, the Call of Duty League was teasing the Minnesota LAN and saying, hey, this is going to be held, this event's going to be held by Minnesota, by the Rockets. Right. Yep. And they didn't even have a venue picked out. Right. Like, it's how is that? management. Exactly. It's poor management. And what? Right now they have a dude that ran the 2K League running Call of Duty Esports, if I remember right. That's possible. And it, it from how the management standpoint, it looks completely plausible. So, like, I don't get... I mean, if it's if it's not, I mean, if it's not broken, you don't need to fix it, I guess. But it's the, let, it's broken let, as well. <laughs> yeah, it's broken, and it's like you can't take. And if you're Activision Blizzard, you can't take a look at the two K League and be like, "Yo, dude, that's popping off. That's doing right. great numbers right now." Because I was watching, they had two games going on the other day, and there was only fifteen thousand people in stream. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Nah, dude, that's that's not it." Like this is not it. Yeah, Call of Duty can be a premier top title in esports, especially in North America. And it needs the correct management. Needs the correct management. It needs to listen to the ownership groups that own the teams. Right, you need to get rid yep. of some of these teams, or at least replace ownership in some of these teams, like the fuckers that run the Paris Legion. Like, mm-hmm. being blunt, you can't have a $25 million-plus franchise, one of, what, two in Europe? Well, and that's right? what's fucking crazy to me. How much is a buy-in spot to get into the league? The Does anybody know? Was, the initial minimum was, what, $25 million. That's ridiculous. Then... That is absolutely absurd. Let's, yep. okay, listen to this. I gotta pull it up on my computer right now, because this is gonna piss me off. <laughs> Call of Duty League. Tournament um, prize pool 2022. Okay. So we have the Optic Major. This is one that just went on. This was in beginning of March, right? Uh, yeah. The team, the team that took first place. Okay, listen to this. How many majors are there per year? Do we know? Uh, four or five, I think. Four or five. Okay, let's say there's five, right? Not including champs, because champs is obviously bigger. Mm-hmm. Optic won the event. They took first place. Guess how much they won? 200000 Yeah. You paid how much to be in the league? Well, think about it. It's also... $25 million in your prize pool for being the best team and winning a major tournament is 200000 And then on top of that, it's the... 
The league does minimal, from my understanding of it. Right? They don't do shit. They don't do shit in terms of assisting teams with the management of them. They, kind of they do nothing in the communities. They do absolutely nothing. But here's what doesn't make sense to me. You have teams that say, hey, we're the Seattle Surge, yet their entire team is located in Texas. And that's part and, of the problem well, is, A, why are we called online. Seattle? What association do they have with Seattle other than their team name is Seattle? Well, There's none. So, There's zip. There's very minimal. Like, you take a look at Dallas, obviously they're there. You know, take a look at Atlanta Phase. They do prominent stuff in the Atlanta area most of the time. You look at some of the branding and stuff like that, and they do stuff in their local communities. But the main issue with the regionalized-based branding is, hey, if a team moves, you're kind of fucked. Like Chicago right. leaving uh, the Huntsman, then turning into Chicago Optic, and then Chicago not having a team right now. Mm-hmm. It's kind of fucked. But at that same time, right, like when, from my understanding of the timeline, you looked, uh, Activision Blizzard, looked at the Overwatch model and said, dude, regional-based franchising is popping off for Overwatch. It's doing fairly solid. And, you know, they let some time move on. They didn't do anything about it. They didn't force... They started formulating the pro- the stuff for the league. Overwatch obviously went downhill fairly quickly, you know? Mm-hmm. And Activision Blizzard just kind of said, fuck it, dude. We have the model already built. We're not going to change it. Right. Because, like, you look at it, it's like... They easily could have gone to a, again, I, a lot of people are not going to understand this because I know League of Legends is like the biggest esport in the world, like top three, you know, Counter-Strike, League, Dota. Yeah. But like, you look at League of Legends, like you have, each team can brand their own way. They have their own stuff. You know, 100 Thieves is 100 Thieves, not LA Thieves, right? right? They each have their own team branding and stuff like that, that the normal organization runs. And they play in one place. They hold. They have an arena for it, right? right. And they do all this stuff around. That's okay. why. That's why I don't understand any of this branding. It like it doesn't make sense. And you know, I think COVID put a big hit into it too, since they had to take a lot of plan. The, a lot of the plan kind of scrap it in terms of. Uh, majors, true. locals, sending teams around all the places and stuff like that. But at that same time, like, you saw that already happening before COVID with the Overwatch League. Like, regional-based franchising is only good if those teams are there for a a good amount of time and they can build up that local fan base and actually interact with the communities. Mm -hmm. If you don't have that and you can't interact with the community in a a very powerful way, you're not going to build up that regional-based model for fans. Right, you're gonna have fans that show up to like the Minnesota event and are gonna ch- cheer for the Minnesota team because that's how it works. But right. overall, wise, you're not building a huge fan base that's helping develop esports in those areas, right? You kind of right. saw it with Optic and the Huntsman was they followed Hex, they followed Scump, they followed those guys, and no matter what the team name was or no matter where it was located, that was still the biggest team right well 100 percent, yeah and you even see it with like i I, I just even want to say like new york in my opinion should be a top team for fan base wise right i don't see shit i don't see shit out there i see more gorilla fans 
even before this last event. Like, yeah. a lot of the teams aren't taking full advantage of the regionalized based franchising model and how normal, I shouldn't say normal, but traditional sports use it, right? Like the Packers, mm-hmm. you know, you and I are both Wisconsin people. So, like the Packers, the Bucks, you know, those teams do a lot in their local areas. I'm sorry, I don't recognize, I don't see very often stuff from uh, these teams that go out in their communities and, like, interact yeah, with their fans. neither do I. Yeah, neither so, do like, I. Other than some of the content pieces here and there, and, like, the, the majors. But, like, even then, the content pieces are very filtered out. Like, exactly. It's just... It's not raw-footed, it's not, you know, not, it's not, not very interactive. Out of it. And it's like, I don't know how many people... Especially since the Midwest is completely barren from the league, and I guess that might be the like the disconnect that I see from it. But it's also like at that same time, it would be huge for the Midwest to get a Call of Duty team. Well, they had the they had Chicago, they have Minnesota technically, right? But yeah, like at the same time, technically, but like at that same time, you see a lot of teams brand. And do their social media and stuff like that half acidly uh, around their local around their locale based uh, stuff, and they mostly just do it all internationally. Like, I'm sorry, what censor uh, joined Subliners last year, right? If yep. I remember right, no, yep. his intro video was what him on a jet ski, right? Mm-hmm. And like, I'm sorry, that's not super <laughs> New Yorky. No, no. Like, you should have had him at a Yankees game or something. Had him at a Yankees game, or walking out of the subway, right? Or right. you know, looking in Times Square, you know, doing the cool like you know, you see the like when people are first going to New York, they're doing all those fun like touristy things, tourism things, exactly. Showcasing what makes those cities great and stuff. Like, why not do that? And it's like a lot of these teams aren't taking advantage of it, which just freaking sucks. I, and and again, I don't think it's that they're not taking advantage of it. I think it's just that they they don't care. And if they don't care, that's fine. I don't blame them. They got their own content. They're worrying about themselves. But at the same time, it's those. like. But at the same time, it's like the league should also be requiring them to go out into the communities. You know yep. what? You know what I mean? Or like have something yeah. to do with like where they're based out of. Exactly, like, you know... And they maybe put they are. Minimal... And again, maybe they are. I just don't see it. I don't see it, like, at all. Like, dude, you see, like, you'll take a look at the... Uh, I'm going to use the search as the example, right? You you brought them up before. Mm-hmm. When I watch their stuff, and here, I'll... Let me, let me load up their stuff right now so I can give you a hardcore example of... Shout out to my boy Sam Spencer, by the way. Phoenix, that's my guy. Coach for the surge. That is my good buddy. Wish him the best of luck with his team. They're they're a raw team, but they have a couple things they need to work on, and I think they'll be pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Like you look at their branding, some of their social media stuff, right? Yep, it's sick. It's it's sick. They got some good shit, right? Their their team is full of personality. They have good players. Whole nine yards, right? Yep. Other than the uh, space needle. And partial skyline in certain things. They're like <clears throat> the Seattle part of it is not included very well. Like yeah, 
But I mean, look at all these teams' logos. Like Atlanta Phase, okay, it's AF, and it's also the Phase logo, whatever. London Royal Ravens, it's a straight Raven, okay, whatever. LA Thieves, it says Los Angeles and LA in the logo, okay. Texas, they have a star, that makes sense. Surge, like you already said, it's supposed to be the needle, I guess. But it's like a trident at the same time. Well, no, because you look in the background and, you know, we'll use Optic Texas, right? Like, the, the single star for Texas is, like, them. Are you talking about just, like, their social media branding? I'm talking about their social media branding and stuff like that in general. Because, like, yeah. Optic, you know, because they're local, like, they're placed in Texas, they they have they have a little bit more, especially in person, uh, their own personalized content that's more focused on, right. like, them out in the community and stuff. But, like, you look at Seattle, right? You look at some of their, uh, like, go to their tweet. Um, let me load it up real quick, actually. So I can use this as, like, the example, right? Um, they even changed this up, too. Um, go to March 11th. Or here, I'll copy-paste this for you. Just to make this easier. Right? The only actual, like, super dedicated part of Seattle in that is, like, the Space Needle and some of the Skyline stuff. Like, that is the, I think, the bare minimum that the, some of these teams should be Dude, doing. Dude, I think, I think that team is, that, or sorry, not that team, that little video is pretty sick, though, with, like, the Doppler oh, yeah. radar and whatnot. That's pretty dope. It's dope. Don't get me wrong. Like, each of these teams, again, they're spending $25 million plus just on the buy-in, not including, you know, their branding advertising their brand development all that sort of stuff right right that's again something that they're in charge of but like obviously the graphics and stuff are going to be clean for most of these teams obviously paris is the outlier because it's paris and that's a whole nother shit show in itself but like you look at some of this stuff and they don't spend a ton on the outside of their own events right which showing is sad. off the stuff, which is sad. Like, obviously, the Seattle jerseys have the skyline on there, but if you didn't... If you're not a big Seattle fan, mm-hmm. and you, you people just referred to it as Surge, you'd be like, what the fuck is that skyline? Right. Yeah. Like, and you don't see a ton of them going out into their communities and talking with... and building that community stuff. Well, on the on the well, individual uh, team basis, instead you'll see it a lot from the organization side of it, right? Right. Like LA right. thieves, hundred thieves. You see a bunch of shit out in LA from them because they're all out there, right? Yep. They Optic, do lots of events and things. So Optic, does Optic. Optic has Envy, and all of that stuff is Texas based, right? But you don't see L- a ton of stuff from LG, who owns a good portion of the surge. Doing right. stuff, doing a ton of stuff in the Seattle area. Right. And it's like some of this stuff should be, honestly, probably common sense. It should be mandatory, is what I'm saying. The league should require it. Yeah, the league should require it if it's gonna if it's going to be. Or the league should sponsor it at least. The league should sponsor it. They should be doing a lot more on the league side of it. But it's also at the same time you look at it, it's like. No, exactly. At some point, Fuck they that. Start, Fuck that. The, the organization should not have to pay for shit. The league should be donating money and putting on these events, and the team should be required to show up to these and do things within the community. Yep. 
That's $25 million buy-in, and you're only winning $200,000 at an event? Where the hell is all this other money going? I understand you gotta Godzilla, pay for venues. Godzilla you gotta pay for venues and, and shit like that. Blah, blah, blah. No, the team's set up. That. But, like... The teams cover that. That's not even the league. The teams run all their shit. Because think about it. Even with the Minnesota event, the Rockerhead were the people that came out and said, hey, we have not confirmed a venue for this event yet, so we are not 100% sure if this is going to happen or not. Right. And it's like... They were enough to relocate it. (laughs) Yeah. They may have had to have relocated it. And, you know, that's not even including COVID. That's just the league and the communication base and stuff like that not being... How poor as stable it is. as as it is. Exactly. And it's like obvious in my opinion, you shouldn't have gone with the regional ace franchising model the second that Overwatch started falling apart. I agree. Like you looked at Overwatch and you saw the Overwatch League and it was doing well for a while there when Overwatch was a super popular game. And it still mm-hmm. has a good cult following. But like, dude. <laughs> Like that team, that that scene has fallen off. Yeah, like it's pretty bad though. <laughs> it's pretty bad. It's like throwing a boulder out of an airplane and just making a giant tsunami. It really is. Like, yep. It, it's it's just, like it's dead. <laughs> it, it's it's in esports wise, it is dead. <laughs> like, it sucks to say it because I loved watching Overwatch back in the day, but it's kind of dead. Um, do you think Overwatch Two is going to revive that or no? I'm kind of indifferent. It's going to come down to how they kind of in how they change the game, but also keep it at its core it's the same. So it, it's going to it's from an esports perspective. From from an esports perspective, competitive wise. Competitive wise, it's well. Even then, the player base is not what it used to be, and they have to bring in a lot of new talent into the scene for it to even make a difference. And a lot of well, and I think players. depending on how much money it is, is in it and how popular it becomes, it could be big. But well, yeah, it could be. But it they depends have to on how receptive it is. Yeah, they have to develop that stuff first before the esport can really take off again. So it's like, right? Are they going to the game? If the game blows up, I'm saying like if the game blows up and you see a lot of people switching from other titles, oh yeah, and going 100%. back to Overwatch, it's bound to happen. Yeah, it's I'm just wondering if you think it's going to succeed as well. When yeah. it comes back a second time, and it again depends on how they decide to run it compared to last time. I don't think it's getting it. I think there would have to be a lot of fundamental changes to how Xbox changes the Overwatch scene, right? And how it, it's there's got to be a lot of fundamental changes to that scene for it to officially come back, which sucks because it's a decent scene and it could have some good longevity to it. But what sucks what sucks right now is trying to grow esports when you have some titles like Counter Strike, for example, has to be played on PC. Call of Duty is now PC. League of Legends is now PC. Like everything either competitive wise needs to either switch to computers or we need to have cro- like cross platforms for the other games that are able to. You know what I mean? That's well, like one of the only ways you're gonna be able to grow the Grow the sport, not even necessarily the esport, but just grow the following base. Yes, cross plat is important, but it's also how they implement cross plat. Like Call of Duty flopped on that, not having an anti cheat. Right. Uh, and we have that issue. We're still seeing that issue with Warzone and all that sort of stuff, right? Yep, it still doesn't work. It's clear. Yeah, it's clear. And it's 
I mean, look at what last week, two weeks ago, they just they just came out and discovered that the guy who was number one and ranked was literally using wall hacks. Yeah, and it was he the got exposed two. on stream. It was the number on two stream. guy. He, got, he exposed yeah, himself two, on stream. My bad. And it's like yeah, he exposed himself on his own stream. Mm -hmm. It's ridiculous. Like, what are we fucking doing? <laughs> Games need to have an anti cheat. And honestly, it's it's not about what system you're playing on anymore because most you can't have background processes running. It's as simple as that. It has to be something that you have to accept as a policy on your computer, mm -hmm. and that's the end of it. And before the, I would sure fucking hope that Microsoft can protect that shit with the amount of money that they have, because people aren't just gonna put shit on their computer. You know what I mean? Yeah. But. Like, I don't know. They gotta figure something out. In general, growing esports, and I know you and I have not had a whole ton of these conversations. So, right, you know, if you disagree, you disagree, and we can. This will kind of dive into the next part of our conversation, right? Growing esports is not just about. It's not a console war anymore. It's not about platforms. No. It's not anything like that, right? Because most most games are starting to go towards the cross-platform and stuff like that it's mm -hmm. it is about developing good competitive public strategy in terms of i'll use call of duty as an example and then i'll kind of transition it to uh i'll also talk about league right i'll kind of compare mm -hmm. the two call of duty the reason it's kind of in my opinion failed as a competitive title over the last few years is the lack of a ranked at the beginning of the title Okay, getting people into the same maps, modes, the same kind of breakdown of how teams on a CDL team are playing the game, right? And mm -hmm. from there, it's in bringing those, bringing back the the public forum of esports, and that's what kind of made esports different. Was you play video games? Right, and if you're playing enough of these games, you could play, and you're playing at a decent level. You could play with some of these high-ranked players that you hear of on, you know, the challenger scene, right? Oh, hundred percent. And it's like now it's it's tiered off into the skill-based matchmaking for Call of Duty and stuff, to where you're not playing with those guys if no. you're a regular Joe. Right, you have to be the same skill rank that they are to play yep. against them. And the big thing, and that's even in pubs, like. That's why Call of Duty has seen such a drop-off is just because pubs aren't fun anymore because you're constantly playing with guys the same level as you to where if even if you got shit on by somebody, like let's say I jumped into Call of Duty for the first time since like November, okay, because mm -hmm. that's when Halo dropped and I really started playing that and I didn't uninstall COD right then. Mm -hmm. But like, if you get shit on by like, uh, like Scump or even like Havoc, or somebody like that, right? And mm -hmm. you see those guys. I've played with Tommy like two or three times in COD uh, okay. and stuff. Like, getting shit on by him, I was sitting there, okay, that makes sense. But it was still fun. I was playing up against him, and it was just kind of right. random. Right, it but keeps like, it exciting. You get to, get to play against the best, you know, every once in a while. Exactly, and it's like, that's what made Call of Duty fun back in the day was... You could play with some of these guys if you were even semi-decent at the game. They would shit on you, but you'd still be like, dude, I played with Scump last night. Right. Like, that was the fun part about playing these games. And then it's kind of, with League, you know, 
they're a lot of their game and a lot of the updates and stuff like that are based around the competitive splits. So you know if you're playing League of Legends, you're playing on, if not the same, something very close to the same game that they're playing. Right. So like, but for us, for Call of Duty, you're not seeing that. And for Siege and stuff, you're not seeing that. And for right. a lot of these first-person titles, they're playing on different patches and stuff like that than the general public is. And that's why Gears failed as an eSport now. That's why Call of Duty's not doing good. That's why Overwatch kind of fails because they're not playing at the core of the game the same thing. Exactly. To where yep. if you want to develop North American esports, it's A, you need to truly bring esports into the light, make it a big public forum, and not just market it towards esports and gamers and stuff, but market it towards the general public. And at that same time, if you're if you're a gamer and stuff and you're like, dude, I just want to play video games and chillax and stuff at the end of the day but you still you still want to play up against some of the best but you don't want to be playing you don't want to be sweating your ass off every night if you're jumping on the game well exactly you just want to relax sometimes and just vibe out and just play the game like i'll be honest i suck at league of legends i am pretty fucking terrible but i jump on that game because i know it's like i can sit there and watch like league the lcs and stuff i'm like yo dude that was dope as fuck like Right. How how they kind of play that shit, and you can kind of see that and be like, "Yo, did you did you see this?" If you're playing with some buds that watch it too, and while you're playing, you can be like, "Yo, dude, that wasn't that hundred thieves versus cloud nine match fun and stuff." But you don't see that in Call of Duty because if you're a casual Call of Duty fan or even a casual Halo fan, right? You're not seeing the same connect in those scenes. No. You're not. There's a complete disconnect. Yeah. So it's like you have the developers and those running the competitive platforms need to pander to the general public in terms of and pander to the developers on guys, we need to make this game relatable for everybody. Right. Not just tune it tune certain parts of it for competitive and then certain parts of it for like uh for casual, right? right. Bring it in. Make it super close, right? Obviously, sometimes for competitive, you're not going to be playing the same matches or same maps and stuff that you're going to be playing in terms of the... Uh, for Call of Duty, I'll use as the example, right? You're not going to be playing right. some of those same maps that you're going to be playing on in, in uh, casual, but at least make it 4v4 or 5v5. Enough of this, like, 10v10 bullshit on the map. Oh, exactly. Like... Yeah. That's why, in my opinion, whenever ranked drops every Call of Duty title, I would you will not find me on pubs ever again on that game. Like, I mean, I play pubs a lot just because I find it fun just talking shit through other random people. But at the same time, I get what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> it drives me insane. It, it it's it hurts my brain how some of these develop and some of these companies and stuff just accept it. It's like. That's why, you know, esports is still growing drastically in North America and it's mm-hmm. in, in worldwide too. Um but at that same time, there's a disconnect in certain in a lot of circles in terms of what esports really is. Like, dude, I saw, you know, you saw a few years ago this uh this dude put out a compilation video of like uh news people reacting to esports stuff, right? 
Yeah. And all these people were laughing about it and stuff like that. Yeah, like it's even so back stupid. then. It's so yeah. it's so dumb. I don't see how my kids can do this. Blah blah blah. I was sitting there on the drive for work the other day, and uh, uh, do you listen to one hundred three seven at all? Kiss FM from Milwaukee. I do. Yes, sometimes I do. I listen to them. Uh, Riggs and Alley. They're they're funny people sometimes. Yep. Sometimes they be cringe, but that's that's that that's its own thing. But like. Riggs was talking about, dude, also my wife wants to play video games with me, man, and the, and uh, Allie kind of just talks about, dude, my kids love watching these ga- these games, and I don't understand it, but I get it. And it's like, you, you're having that kind of, the connection starting to get there, but like, you're still seeing a lot of people being like, dude, I don't understand how, why people find this stuff yeah. enjoyable. Yeah, and that's and the problem, like, that's is that there's the not a lot of support for it it's, when so some people are so just, like, irreceptive to, like, hearing and learning more about it. Exactly, and it would help, especially for us, you know, we're Midwest, so, like, we see a lot of disconnect in terms of esports and stuff um, in our areas, in my opinion, because mm-hmm. um, we have, there. there's one uh, esports or a gaming uh, I don't want to say arena because that's its own thing, but like gaming mm-hmm. lounge sort of thing in our area. Um, there's a few of them up in Green Bay. There's one down by me. There's a couple down in Milwaukee. Yeah. Right? Well, like you go to those, and I had a meeting at one of them before they opened. All right. Um, and this mm-hmm. was probably a year and a half ago ish. I was like, hey, dude, this is kind of what I was thinking about. This is what we're doing, and they just kind of looked at me like, dude, blank out in space. And they're like, well, yeah, we want to be able to do some of, host some events and stuff like that. We just don't know where to start. And I kind of told them, I was like, dude, this is kind of how you started. And they just kind of sat there blankly staring off into space, half-assedly paying attention to it. Really? Yeah, dude. It was ridiculous. Because I was sitting there, and it's like, yo, dude, I wanted to set up this meeting because I wanted to host an event at this venue shortly after they opened. I wanted to be an official partner with them. I was like, dude, I can get a good amount of people to see this brand on stream and stuff on a consistent basis because we stream all of our counter-strike stuff sometimes you can get a few hundred people in there and even then it's on all our graphics it's on we do sponsored posts from time to time and stuff like that and they just looked at me like i don't know how how that actually works that's crazy how it actually worked they just kind of sat there and was like no that's not how it works i'm like cool You're you're focusing very locally, and that's what you should be doing as a local venue. But don't you also? And I even straight up asked him. I was like, "So, are you guys ever thinking, or you know, say this does work out? Are you guys looking to expand this past just this area, X area?" And they're like, "Obviously." I'm like, "Okay, but you need brand recognition. Then you need people to recognize this brand. You need people to know." Dude, these people turn out good product. Their place right. is fun to be at. Right. If you don't have that, I'm sorry. You're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like It's ridiculous. These people are just like they just think it's a joke. They think it's just so simple and it's not. No, it takes time, it takes energy, and it takes dedication and a ton of time to Exactly. It's so many levels. It's so many levels. Yeah. Yeah. Just it's ridiculous. Because, don't get me wrong, I'd still love to be able to partner with them, but I can guarantee you 
more people have seen Valkyrie on the internet than have seen your brand. 100%. Like, Especially if that's their attitude towards it. Yeah. It just... It makes no sense how some of these companies look at esports and want to get involved with esports, but are not willing to do esports. They want esports to kind of focus towards them. It's like, right. I'm sorry. And that's not They how don't it understand works. how it works exactly. It's no different than any other type of partnership deal. It's not in it's, any other type of sport. Yeah, it's you have to understand how that scene works to get into it, or you have to have people that understand how that scene works. Like, right. I don't understand soccer, right? Or football if you're not from the United States. <laughs> but, you know, I can sit there and I can chat with soccer people. And if I don't understand something, I ask them and, and they explain it. It's like, okay, so that makes sense then. Do you have a fan on? I don't, but I see my mic is like going crazy right now. What the heck? What does it sound like? It's just it sounds like a fan. It sounds like a humming. But it's not bad. It, it, I was just like it started out of nowhere. So I was like, did you turn like did he turn on a fan or something? But uh you know, kind of going back around to it, it's you look at esports and some of these people want to get involved with esports, but they aren't willing to do esports things. They want to do sports things and pander esports to how they understand how sports works instead of doing it the way it should be done and pander their business and how they want to promote things to esports if they're entering that space. And like you said, right. that's how it works anywhere. That's why you see esports slowly growing in some areas and some scenes slowly growing because they, the businesses just are not willing to conform to the space like they would with any anything else right they're just not willing to adapt and adjust to the needs of the esports community and you know again it comes back down to like if you want to understand more about us you got to be willing to learn like it, you know this is a gray space for us as well it's not like we have it all figured out either so yep esports is still a very new thing but from anybody that's been in this space for any sort of decent amount of time they can tell you it is not the same as traditional sports. Exactly. It's really not. It's not. And if you're in traditional sports, like, dude, I love uh, Kurt Benkert and his shit with gaming and oh, football yeah. and stuff. He does awesome stuff. He does great work with everything. But, like, he was talking even what I believe it was last offseason with his pe with the media and stuff like that. And the media asked him, how, do you, how did you get into esports and stuff and gaming? And he's kind of like, dude, I just gamed and, you know, I wanted to stream on Twitch every once in a while and people were watching because I was a football player, but also, you know, I like playing video games and connecting with people. And you don't see the same connect in terms of in, in any sort of media outlet. No, they just don't understand it. And they're, they're not just willing... like, oh, that sounds so easy, but they don't get it. <laughs> and, they, and they're not willing to bring in people that understand the scene, right? Like, right. Dude, imagine if Jake Lucky went to ESPN. Like, imagine how much he could do for esports if he went to a platform like that. Or I'm just using ESPN as like the prime, as like the the overall example, right? Sure. But like, send somebody like him, or somebody not even close to him, but somebody that actually understands it, that has some sort of following, to, one, to one, of those, one of those big media. Be an expert on it. 
Yeah, and it's not like you have to do big stuff on esports, but having somebody there to talk about esports when something is going on would be huge for growing esports. Like definitely, you gotta have someone that understands it from you know a high level who can go in there and answer these questions that these people have because it it just seems like there's a large disconnect yet again. Exactly, and it's like you you kind of saw it with. Fortnite and stuff, right? Mm-hmm, exactly. Where, obviously, when Booga won the the big event, uh, $3 million and stuff like that, he was a big thing. And But you saw all these media outlets have nobody on that knows esports and have no AK background and stuff, and they're just trashing it, not under, and they just, you know, yeah, just trashing it and being like, dude, how do you earn $3 million from this? It's the same way that athletes win tournaments and shit like that too mm-hmm. like it's supply and demand and that's ultimately exactly. what business comes down to at its core and it's yep. supply and demand and how your supply of competitive and from organization side your content. teams the content whole nine yards how you build out that organization is extremely important in terms of your branding and how people see you Exactly, and how people understand you. Yep. So, obviously, esports has space to grow in in terms of how people understand it, but that kind of comes down to the same as getting out in the community that we were talking with the Call of Duty scene. Like Exactly. Interact with the communities, interact with the general public from an esports perspective. I mean, look at it right now. Esports are starting to become a thing at a college level. Like, every major D1 program has an esports program now. Right. It's like it's getting to be big and it's getting to be big at the right time and if you're not in right now you need to get in it or at least you need to be willing to un- understand it or yes, give it a chance learn and understand it and give it a chance because uh, it's going to blow up whether you like it or not yeah yeah you see it like over in korea and stuff what south exactly. korea has a whole section of their government dedicated to competitive gaming it's crazy like, it's crazy, and some of these other places are really putting an emphasis on, dude, esports is growing. It is growing huge. Let's take out giant venues for this stuff, and let's put up venues. Let's put up spaces for people to watch, specifically esports. Exactly. And North America and it kind of lags behind. And it works. People are there. Those companies are, are earning lots of money doing that sort of stuff. And North America, being the the stalemate that it is, just in terms of biz, how business has been done here for years and years and years, no matter how much we claim to be innovative, we're ultimately not. we're not. Like No, not compared to other countries. It's crazy. We're so we, far behind. We limit ourselves in terms of what has worked in the past so much that that's how we ultimately think is, hey, it worked in the past, worked for these people then, why can't it work now? It's yep. like, now you see, uh, again, this is, I'm going to get political for a solid, like, three seconds here, and then we're going to be done talking about this. So I feel like you and I could go on for a long-ass time about this, Oh, right? we could go on forever and ever. We, we can go on forever and ever and ever. Um, but you see the four-day work week in Europe and in Asia being something that's shown great productivity for companies. And the general happiness of their employees are just is a lot better because they're getting an extra day off during the week, right? Or during the week or another day on the weekend and stuff like that. It's a lot more balanced lifestyle. 
Granted, sure. you're working 10, 11 hours during those days, or even, you know, even if you're still sticking to the 8 to 9 hours a day, right? You're working mm-hmm. slightly less hours, but you're getting more productivity out of it. Those businesses are earning more. But here in North America, we have one state that's adapted it so far, and they've seen good luck out of it, but you still see from... I had a conversation with somebody that I know. They were like, dude, this will never work here. This will never work anywhere. Like, I'm sorry. It works there. 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 Where all these people value their their time and money and mm-hmm. want to enjoy a happier life because God knows the rest of fucking real life adult life sucks. But, like, you, you, it's it's just a giant fucking headache. It really is. <laughs> I would love to be able to sit down and have a conversation with like a regular business owner on this topic and like how that they see gaming cool. and stuff. Oh, dude, yeah. I'm going to do it actually. I'm going to find somebody that is into gaming a little bit. And wants to learn. And wants to learn about it, but also talk about it how they currently see these games and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm going to do that. That would be a good idea. Let's do I'm, that. Yep. Dude, we should, that should be like the first time that you and I do like an IRL podcast and stuff. We should, I'm oh, down we should with that. do that. I'm 100% down for that. We did not plan this conversation, guys. <laughs> I'm definitely down to do an IRL podcast. Like you and you, I and one other person sit down on a couch in a chair and have a couple mics there and just talk. Have a couple stuff. beers. Have Oh, dude, a couple beers. Oh, my God. Imagine that. Bro, partnering up with like a local brewery or something like that to do this would be cool. Uh, that would be cool. Oh, dude, that's what we should I, do. That's what we should do. Let's make it happen. Fuck yeah, dude. We're doing it. Okay. We're doing it. This is going to happen, guys, this summer. This summer is happening at some point, guys. So, damn, bro, we've already been here for 45 minutes. That's crazy. That's fucking crazy. I feel like I've been here for 20 minutes. Right? Time flies, man. Just when you're sitting here shooting the shit about (laughs) esports and... The noobs that don't understand it and our internal problems can go on and on for days. <laughs> right. So yeah, I guess man, then... thanks, thanks for having me on. Like, I really enjoyed our time talking. This is, uh, I think the podcast is definitely something that should be a regular occurrence now. Bro, dude. I, I think like, this is something we could make a, a regular weekly occurrence or, you know, bi-weekly occurrence. My goal, so I started my job back in February. And my goal is to keep it going every other week. But holy fuck, dude. Like, my time schedule has been so up, like, up and down lately. It's been so difficult to do. But now it's happening again. I'm not leaving you guys again, all right? It's not happening. It's back for good this time. Back for good this time. That and all the other content and fun things that we got going on. And then this summer with everything esports-wise that Alex and I and Mitch and Nate are going to be getting into. Oof, just it's gonna be exciting. Wait, I'm excited, dude. I'm so excited, man. Like, let, let's actually before we turn out and finish up, I actually have one yeah. last question for you. And yeah, last little topic, you know, I guess really, you know, you like you said, you've been out of it for a little bit now in terms of in terms of esports in general, right? And you're mainly a Call of Duty person, but like, what is the main thing that you're excited about? in developing in other esports? Hmm, that's a good question. I guess from like a broad standpoint, 
just getting a better understanding and getting more involved with Counter-Strike. Um, Counter-Strike really does interest me because it's very similar to Call of Duty, but it's also a very large esport in terms of how long it's been around for and how big it's developed and how large their tournaments are on such a huge scale. Um, it's something that really intrigues me and just seeing how our team has progressed and getting close to being in challengers here hopefully within the next couple seasons. Um, I'm really excited. So I would definitely say Counter-Strike is one of the areas that I'm focusing in. Um, I mean, I guess just other areas in esports that are currently developing that, that I, you know, I'm taking interest in is definitely Valorant. Um, it's became a lot more pre prevalent over the last couple months, and um, just from playing it a couple times on my own and just seeing some of the streams, it, I think this is going to be one of the next big games um, up there with, like, Fortnite, and uh, I think it can get to be pretty big. You know, I look at it, and especially when it comes down to Valorant, right? Mm -hmm. I think it is the next Counter-Strike. Like, Counter-Strike is still huge, and it is still huge and stuff like that, but, you know, I think Valorant has the potential to be a Dota-sized first-person shooter on an international level. Like It's definitely possible. For formulate that scene, kind of how you have League and Dota, and somewhere in between there for, you know, a first-person shooter game, right, for a competitive platform, and you can see this fucking take off because it's it's a perfect blend between the abilities that people love in overwatch first person mm -hmm. shooter you know the counter-strike and then you still have people from call of duty being like dude this game is dope as fuck Feels like this game is sick this exactly is sick shit, dude. So, like, i don't normally watch a lot of other esports but i've really gotten in valorant it's it's definitely exciting to watch and exciting to play right like i love dude i love hanging out watching CS, Valorant. I, I this title I've not been watching a ton of COD, but like even Halo is something when later this year is gonna be something that I'm super excited about. And then, you know, obviously Rainbow Six. And hopefully that scene can rebound a lot more here soon. I but, hope so. Yeah. Yeah, Rainbow Six, if it combines back, that's gonna be huge. It's gonna be so much fun, and that's gonna have a lot going on. Yeah, it seems like a fun community. Dude, this summer is gonna be fucking insane. It's gonna be wild. And next <laughs> fall is going to be insane. And... What's next fall? Oh, dude, just in general, like, because come this summer, right? Even with just our current team, right? Summer's gonna be huge, and then we're gonna be able to reap the rewards of how this summer kind of works. Um, whether it's with new teams, because there's some things internally with some of the teams that are gonna probably come yep. towards an end towards the end of summer, that we're gonna truly bring some really awesome stuff to multiple esports scenes later this year, and I cannot yeah. wait. I'm excited. More teams, the better. Right. That means more things I get to follow. More teams, the better. More things we get to work with. More communities we get to make an impact in. Ooh, bro, I can't wait. For the brand. For the brand. For the brand, buddy. For the brand. Let's get the Pat McAfee partnership. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hit him up first episode. Low-key, Pat. Like, if you're somehow come you on, hear buddy. this, buddy, like, come on, man. Let's let's talk it up for a little bit. Let's chop it up. <laughs> While he's sitting here talking to Amazon about Thursday night football. <laughs> <laughs> But no, dude, I'm so excited about how this year's going to work out competitive-wise, and 
content and everything we're gonna have going on dude it's gonna be so much fun definitely i am pumped to be here i'm excited to get to work i'm excited to see how everything unfolds as the uh year continues to go by it seems like a uh very exciting train to be on right now dude, i'm so excited to have you on board and all the experience that you bring and you know let's fucking kill it brother, brother. let's kill it i'm let's glad to be here man it. let's do it well thank you for being on um of know, course I'm gonna, anytime I'm gonna, you, I'm gonna give you the last little bit here to plug anything make any shout outs that you want before i do the outro Got anybody Man. that you want to shout out <laughs> shout out to the cod community shout out to the homies i play cod with every night <laughs> um shout out to the fam and uh dude Shout out to the Milwaukee Bucks and Bobby Portis, man. Bobby Portis is the mayor of Milwaukee. He's going to be the mayor of Milwaukee one day, and if he becomes the mayor of Milwaukee, I will move there. This has been your boy Flux. <laughs> Peace out. <laughs> you and I will get a place down in Milwaukee just for Bobby Portis' sake. Just for Bobby Portis. Or or we'll do or we'll do a Door County after AJ Dillon resigns. Yes, sir. Go get go get wine drunk with him. Yes, sir. All right, well, that is it for today, ladies and gentlemen. I just want to say thank you to Alex for being on the show, and we'll be back yes, again sir. here soon talking more esports, talking more content, talking about gaming and life in general. Shout out to Gamersups. Use code Valkyrie for 10% off their products. They're amazing. I use code Valkyrie, guys. Use, use code Valkyrie. It is It is nuts. It is so good, and it is so good for you compared to some of these other companies and dude i've been sipping we won't name those other companies for copyright reasons we will not name these other companies but you know who we're talking about yep wink 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 hashtag g word not allowed in the valkyrie discord you will get yelled at from the bot if you join the valkyrie discord and use the g word dang yeah dude i set that up i was (laughs) shout out to acquire also man yeah, dude. I'm wearing one of their shirts right now. Like, I got the. I got some things in my shopping cart. I'm about to purchase here next week. Right. Like, I'm I'm getting one of those jackets here soon. In. Uh, but like, shout out to Mike and the boys over at Acquire. You know, make sure you use code Valkyrie for five percent off your purchase over there. Um, and buy some of their normal stuff, man. Their shit's fire. If you haven't scrolled through theirs yet, dude, it's good quality stuff. It's Guys, good. I've been in esports now for a little over ten years, and I will tell you that a lot of the jerseys that I've had with different teams and organizations over the years have been from Acquire. They're a great company, and they have high quality stuff. Like for real. Shout out to my boy Mike. Let's just give a round of applause for Mike real quick. That dude's dude, Mike's G, the right? homie. Mike is the homie. <laughs> I could text Mike right now, and he'd be like, "What's up?" <laughs> Dude, I love hitting Mike up. Dude, I love some of the shit that he's such, that he's he's such a good guy. He's such a good guy, and he's so much fun just to interact with. I I haven't had that much fun interacting with a merchandise company. We get, we we you know what we got to do? We got to get Mike on a podcast. That'd be fun. Oh, that'd be dope as fuck. Mike's he's a busy like just ass a dude, guy. Do he does, he does. But we could easily get him for like a thirty-minute podcast. I think. Yeah, definitely. Coming this summer. It's coming, yeah. Mike. Yeah, it's coming, Mike. Our offer, man. We're gonna get Mike and Chad from Gamersubs. We'll get Dude, those two. Sick. Have a partner awesome. podcast. Let's do it. Let's do it. Dude, let's do it like a round table like the Optic did with uh I'm down. Let's do it. Yep, okay. Well that's end of the podcast. Good night, everybody. Good day, wherever you are. Have a good one. Thanks for listening. Good night, everyone. Bucks Make and sure six. Follow. Bucks and six. Bye.